allow us to tackle a portrait of the artist as a young man. Or begin yeah. to, anyway. Get into it. Chapter one. Um, well, actually, I guess, yeah, let's start with kind of the background. Yes, the, let's do that. By which I mean Stephen Hero. Uh, the novel he didn't write, or didn't finish. The episodic... Have you have you read much about Stephen Hero, the other novel he was working on for years and years? No, um, I, I did read a little bit about it in writing, the... Like, Dubliner. I read about it in the introduction a little bit, but uh, you're more versed on it, okay. for sure. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, well, yeah. So it was like 60-something chapters, or planned to be like 60-something chapters, like these little episodic um, tidbits that kind of built up uh, to quite a different thing than what we have here. Um, it was... It was more realistic, so, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think... I think um, well, I mean, I, I, I don't know what that word means. But <laughs> I, I don't know. It depends. I mean, that, that word's so big. Uh, what do you mean by realistic? Sorry, I meant the realism of the style. It was more, it was less uh, dreamy in the way that he wrote the prose. It was my understanding. But go ahead. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, <laughs> like Joyce himself says, um, to be, to, to exist in reality is to be surrounded by mystery. So. Mm-hmm. I, I I would I would almost contend that this is more realistic. Um, yeah, this kind of that's a good point. Uh, I mean, especially if you're talking about you know here we have the the, the first chapter the you know inner states of a child um, to have like some kind of I don't know clinical explanation of of uh, you know what a three year old hears when people are saying nursery rhymes around him mm-hmm. uh that would sound so that would feel so alien and inhuman and unrealistic um so yeah that's that, that, that's kind of a good a good starting place um so yeah one of the reasons that or, or I, I don't want to say reasons um but one of the things that actually touched off his Joyce's decision to throw away Stephen Hero and write this new thing um, in like early or, or around like 1808, 1809. Um, if I remember correctly, <laughs> we read the, the element, uh, which I should have. Um, but yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the, the things that kind of preceded him rewriting the, the whole book was the birth of his daughter, Lucia. Um, and yeah, just keep that in mind. Keep a pin in that as okay. we kind of go through the first chapter. I mean, as we go through the whole book, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's interesting. He, he, there's that like a structure, sense. there's an order of like gestation. Um, we definitely get it in, in, in the first chapter already, even in the first, you know, 50 pages or whatever. Um, but of, of the whole book, we're getting a kind of, you know, uh, uh, accumulated development of uh, Stephen Daedalus. He goes from, you know, the, just like the childhood impressions um, up to, yeah, it's kind of, well, well, we'll get to chapter five. Um, and we get like, you know, kind of a, an undifferentiated, unindividuated kind of, uh, three year old, five year old, whatever he is at the very beginning before he goes off to school. Um, and even in the first chapter, uh, we already get, you know, kind of a, a, a first few, uh, incidences, or a, a kind of the beginning of his individuation, mm-hmm. uh, beginning of his like separation from other people. We already get a little sense of his 
uh, I, I mean, his Stephen Daedalus's Stephen Hero and James Joyce's uh, sense of isolation um, and exile, but always like isolation and exile uh, that has like this weird, um, like uh, it's weirdly peopled. He'll bring, I mean, in, in his real life, he brought his brother with him to exile. He brought his wife with him to his supposed exile. Um, his, I'm not sure if he, I, I forget the, the, what are the facts of his life and what are the facts of Stephen's life. But yeah, when he is saying that he's getting deported, but he's buying his own ticket out of Ireland, um, which at least happens in the novel, which I don't know. I, I, I don't remember. I don't really care about the exact. I don't think he was actually exiled. I don't think he was actually deported. I think that's uh, from his life. Um, but yeah, uh, we already get a little bit of his sense of isolation, as um, which is always kind of like tied to his individuation, um, his kind of separateness, separateness of genius. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I think I remember you texting me that you liked it. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. And that's a great point about the the realism of the uh, fragmentary, at least the first chapter, which is all I've read so far, the fragmentary experience yeah. of discovering what the world is yeah. and what things mean to you as like a little paragraph kid. Paragraph by paragraph will jump. Um, mm-hmm. it's, there's that kind of like, you know, if you've ever heard... Uh, six-year-old tell a story if there's that and then and then and then um that kind of like associative storytelling anyway so it's not necessarily and then oh and by the way penguins i've seen many <laughs> penguins at the zoo and yeah <laughs> they are very friendly to me and they look funny and they, they kind of waddle like my art teacher or whatever um yeah so there's that kind of just uh associative um, there you there's, go. There's a, there's a lot of like absent-mindedness. I was gonna say the I stole this from the introduction, but the associations that he makes are difficult, I think, for anyone to get. Even though you can maybe literally see what he means, like you can reference the literary work that he associates with with something. Um, as an example of something I read in the introduction, but it's very difficult to literally understand the individual. Um, uh, specific meaning that it had to Stephen or to to Joyce, you know what I mean? Uh, so that's one of the things that I think that makes the book difficult. Is I guess it's okay. I, so I guess if people are, are searching for a reason for this book to be difficult, mm. um, you mean just yeah, that's that a, kind of like that's a good point. Your storytelling is well, like uh, uh, just take it for what it is. It's you know and, yeah. a, a person's brain works that way. And that's a good point. The The first time I read through the chapter, I ignored all the references in the back. Um, there are a ton in this oh. book, in the book I bought. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I knew who Parnell yeah. was and so forth. So I knew some of the basic oh, stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, I might have been tempted. But a lot yeah, of the a lot of the associations and allusions and things and especially the language, which we discussed a little about bit in Dubliners and so forth, uh, experiencing yeah. it as yeah. as yeah. as a story that that isn't babble, that was just something um, enjoyable and very well crafted. And, and you know, that you're yeah. right, that that has so much merit beyond just trying to understand every little detail. Yeah, and, like, dissecting it too much. Again, yeah. I'll, I'll probably say this a million times, but, like, Joyce is, like, 
fun <laughs> to read. Mm-hmm. I feel awkward saying that, but like it's fun to read him. Well, um, I was going to ask it, like, you. So seriously, it's so deathly serious because this is the number three ranked novel of all time. <laughs> like we got to be serious about it. serious stuff. Yeah, that's a great point. I was going to ask you though about his later works and how much. Is it? Is it's the same thing basically as the later works is what you would say, right? This is sort of um, a prototype of what's to come, and it is very enjoyable to read. But I mean, there's no gibberish. It's it's very comprehensive. There's a little bit. There, there, there's definitely an extension. Because um, here we get kind of, we won't get exactly to stream of consciousness writing. Yeah, it's all um, very understandable. Like you can like understand said, what the hell's going on, you know, without exactly. without stressing um, yourself. Yeah, you just have to enjoy the um, ride through the guy's imagine or through the guy's experience, you know. Right. And let um, it go. So it's it's definitely like less experimental in that way. It's just I um that that isn't presented just on its own. Uh, whereas in Ulysses, we'll just get like uh, Leopold Bloom's mental wanderings just presented as narration, just with you know uh, not. Leopold Bloom thought in relation to this moment. <laughs> it's just like him waiting in line or him seeing a bunch of people eating lunch or whatever. Um, and the narration is, so yeah. Um, and then, you know, Finnegan's Wake, the narration is only the contents of the dream, um, which isn't all narration, just contents of the dream. <laughs> we are imposters of the dream. Um, so yeah, uh, I would say... Yeah, there is some like uh, extension, and definitely like that, like 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 we're saying, like like the kind of like absence of mind and uh, the kind of mental wanderings are a little bit more tame here, I guess. Mm. Um, because you're yeah, implying uh, you're implying that there is a structure to the story that ends up where he grows up as a as a person, the child. From well, I mean, we already get that. Not 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 even to spoil. You know, yeah, no, I know. It's obvious. Because he grows up in the first even, chapter. Even already, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, I mean, it's a young man, so it's not... Yeah, we don't just stay with him at college getting getting uh, flogged on the hand. Um, yeah, even in, in this first chapter, we get... Uh, yeah, get that kind of the, the first fifth of that gestation. Um, I wanted to ask you, this is sort of out of order... Um, but I like how we introduced yeah, sure. the book because it's hard. It's difficult to go through page by page with something like this because it's it's more yeah. if you're trying to explain to someone the feeling of reading it. I think is way more important. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I was going to ask you about the quotations because the the remember the Dubliner's copy I had had quotations which he was anti quotation. Yeah, quotation. The copy I have now is dashes. Is that how yours is? Yeah. For the quotes, okay. I yeah, like it a dashes. lot. I like it a lot. It's easy yeah. to follow. I didn't think it would be. Yeah. Um, I kind of poo-pooed his his hatred of quotation marks, but uh, but you know, I it's a really interesting experience reading it yeah, with dashes. It's, totally it's faster. Fine. It's faster. Well, yeah. and it's kind of like a play, mm-hmm. I guess. It's almost like reading it's a play. It's less alienating, or it's more. I would say you, it, it feels more submersive or immersive or whatever. Yeah, like you're in the conversation. Yeah. That you know, the person's responding right. instantly. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're you know interacting with people the same way that a person in the conversation you just hear their voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not oh, you know, 
My aunt said. is saying, Aunt yeah. Dante, she's saying, yeah. Right. Um, okay, so I did want to, I wanted to kind of start at the beginning and go to the end, sort of like we do for most stories yeah. to an extent. Uh, you kind of brought yeah, up, there... I was going to say you brought up a tone, which was, which has to do with him being solitary and sort of in a foreign world. Mm. It's very cold and wet in this chapter. Yeah. Uh, is that is that? Well, the... yeah, I was gonna bring that up. The, okay. Keep, keep in mind every time you hear like, I mean, there, there's like, yeah, Joyce is very deliberate about about everything he mentions. But there's like, I mean, he he's surrounded it seems by like dropping water and gross bog water, and he gets pushed into the water into like the right. ditch. Yeah. There's a slimy. lot of like green. Um, verdigris water. We get kind of like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of ideas of like, like oily or, or like, uh, very bog water. We get a lot of, um, kind of swampy amniotic fluids. That's what I was leading up to. There's a lot of, this was the first chapter, the beginning of that gestation mm. of this book that he was inspired to rewrite after the birth of his daughter. Um, or he, like when, his, yeah, during the birth of his daughter. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of references to amniotic-like fluids mm. in the first chapter. So let me ask you about that a bit. Do you mean like, was his wife pregnant or was he having an experience with the kid growing up? Because like the beginning when he's talking about the moo cow and the dad's telling him the story, I wonder if he was talking to his daughter about stuff and it, that's what he thought of or if. Well, he had also gone back to Ireland recently in like uh 1909 ish mm. after his mom died um and there was definitely a sense there's like an almost uh i i i i i i mean yeah he was writing and rewriting as uh his his daughter was was growing up you know reaching the twos and threes um and you know starting to form memories and things like that um but there's also a compelling like psychoanalytic reading of like Joyce almost trying to become his own mother, his own father, mm. um, take on his own parentage here. Um, so the, the the book starts with his father literally talking, and right. it'll will get to a point where he's leaving his mother to go into exile. Um, and there's there's a like very Joycean and and very like convoluted, <laughs> but very Joycean irony here in. Like this, like this book, almost like this womb-like, uh, this womb-like work for Stephen Daedalus, who's obviously just a auto-fiction stand-in for James Joyce, uh, where that, that, that he's creating, that he's he's you know cradling, that he's you know nursing um, himself, that is feeding off of his his own self, mm. uh, his own memories, his own existence. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's a very Joycean idea of Joyce becoming his own mother by writing this book, um, his own mother who had passed recently, and who was like, I mean, he, he was like a very, in some ways, doting son. Um, he like like his mom would would like he, he would always be like writing to his mom to like. Kind of almost ask for permission to have like 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 his 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 personal wild aesthetic ideas. He would write a lot of letters home about those. 
um, almost asking for permission to be a genius. Um, and a lot of his almost self-imposed exile is kind of like a bid, at least according to Richard Elman, if I remember correctly, is kind of like a bid for her attention uh, because he had a very errant father who was, you know, a drunk failure, um, who, you know, his mother had to uh, stand by. Um, and just being like a good little boy would have gotten, you know, subdued, subsumed in, in his father's uh, drunkenness and uh, the excitation of, 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 of his father. Um, but yeah, being a troubled genius and running away was kind of a, a, a better way of getting her attention. Um, and so, yeah, uh, anyways, um, I forget what your question was. I just Monday, you, you, you answered it fully. It was about what I wanted to know more about why having a daughter oh, yeah, cost yeah. him to rewrite it. So some of it had to do with just like that metaphor being literally in his face all the time when Nora Barnacle was, uh, you know, uh, gestating <laughs> and some of it is this weird Joycean, particularly Joycean idea of becoming his own mother it is it is striking uh, to exp- i know you've recently done that with your brother right it's striking to experience a little kid coming out of a womb and, and growing up to be one oh, or yeah. two you know because you think about yeah. like oh my god i wonder what it was like and um <laughs> Anyway, I can see I can see why that would have a profound impact on yeah, a writer. Yeah, it, it does like recall your own, you know, being two or three or whatever. Obviously, I don't remember. Yeah, my nephew's sixteen months, I think, mm-hmm. born in November. Yeah, uh, I don't exactly remember that, but it uh, yeah, it does force you to recall being you know three and being a little dum dum and like, or at least that's how I experience <laughs> being a, a child. Being a dum dum, yeah, I'm very stupid. <laughs> uh, um, well, everybody else I knew was like taller and smarter than me. So yeah, I was like, damn, I gotta get my shit together. I gotta learn how to read and stuff. I gotta learn how to do math. Everyone can do math. I don't even know. I don't even know any of that shit. Okay, let's t- let's go back to the the it being fun to read because you know yeah it's it's a good point and I, I I think that's a great mind frame to go into it as I actually read this in a park when I was on a walk and um, mm. it was a sunny day it was yeah, a beautiful okay. day last week and it was it was a great experience and I just it was so weird you know and I I just I had never read it and. Um, so I did have fun reading it, and I, I I'm so happy I yeah. avoided looking at the the references and everything, but it's very very yeah, impressive. It's, it's like so obviously good, you know. So yeah. it's it does intimidate me in that way. It reminds me of reading, um, you know, a, a very difficult difficult novel that I'm not saying this is difficult to read because it's not, but. You know, when you're trying to sell it, not not sell it, but when you're trying to when you're trying to explain why it's enjoyable, why you read, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's an obstacle to overcome because it is so good. It's not it's not it's not trash at all. I mean, it's amazingly yeah crafted. It's impressive. Because there's also inevitably a little bit of anxiety of influence whenever you're confronting mm-hmm. Joyce mm-hmm. So someone. You know. Uh, I mean, it's manifestly yeah. amazing. I mean, he's a great writer. I, I had yeah. it's it's very enjoyable yeah. on that level, but it's intimidating because it's so clear. Like all the words, every single word is amazing. You know, 
<laughs> Do you remember when he talks about the word suck and then he uses a reference to when the water mm-hmm. went down the bowl? It's just like, oh my right. God, I could never yeah. write that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's a kind of freedom uh, that he allows himself. Yeah, suck was a queer word. The fellow called Simon Moonen, that name, the fellow called Simon Moonen that name because Simon Moonen used to tie the prefix falsies but the sound was ugly. Once he had washed his hands in the lavatory of the Wicklow Hotel, and his father <laughs> pulled the stopper by the chain after, and the dirty water went down through the hole in the basin. And when it had all gone down slowly, the hole in the basin had made a sound like that. Suck. Only louder. Yeah. Yeah, it's just great writing. I mean... But to a degree of like, it, you know, it reminds me of it reminds me of reading through the Dubliners because when you get to the end, mm-hmm. it's like the, you just get the sense that this guy has has a consciousness of how good he is that he's going to move forward, you know, and that's kind of what you maybe because I know about the next right, books, yeah. you know what I mean? But because yeah. this is the something I read right after the Dubliners, and this is a step up from that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, for one thing, written, uh, except for, like, The Dead, w- written quite a bit after The Dubliners. Um, and, yeah, with, with with a bit more confidence, I think. Um, and, yeah, like, like I said, that freedom to, like, uh, write in the, in the mind of a child, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of more self- uh, or insecure writers who have to like uh, establish to themselves their own seriousness wouldn't be able to write in the mind of a child and uh, just be, yeah, just because it's going to sound childish. Um, yeah, that's definitely one of the, one of the, yeah, it, we, we, weirdly um, immersive things about the book. It feels, feels, yeah, I mean, that's how like a child thinks. Um, those like long run on, uh, unpunctuated sentences, um, those kind of like superfluous details. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So he does not like, uh, he doesn't fit in. He feels like an individual sort yeah. of in a strange place. Uh, an example of right. this is when they're playing football or, uh, right. I suppose it's kind football. of like kind of like slowly jogging with the, along yeah. with the rest of the line, yeah. but not really. Yeah, he's like miming what he's supposed to be much. doing and trying to stay out of the way. Yeah. Uh, in the mud, uh, yeah. which brings me back to the ambiotic fluid stuff. Um, right. <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. And then there's a line, it's page 10 of my copy. He says, he sat in a corner of the playroom pretending to watch a game of dominoes. He's always isolated and alone watching things and figuring things out and, and wondering about right. things. Not even figuring it out yet, you know, just kind of wondering about everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you think about things, you can come to understand them, as he says at some point. Oh, okay. Or if you think about things, you can understand them. Oh. Some, somewhere in this chapter, I forget where. Which, I don't know if this is jumping too far ahead, but that brings me, that reminds me of when he's looking at the map. I don't know if you want to go there. It's paid, well, I don't know what kind of, my version is, um... Penguin Classics. So oh, I have I have the same Barnes and Noble Classics. Okay. Okay. Portrait and uh, Dubliners. Um, but yeah, we can go to his. Yeah. We so kind of skipped over the first. 
So, 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 yeah, just to, to quickly give, give the, you know, uh, speaking of maps. Um, so we kind of quickly sprinted through the, there's not that much to say about the first page and a half or whatever, but that first like chunk of impressions, uh, when he's like a very young child, uh, his father, you know, and, 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 you know, nursery ish rhymes. Um, oh, the green wolf, both this. And then his mom playing tra la 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 and him dancing. Um, but then the second, this cluster of impressions, um, which will, uh, not to give too much away, but yeah, it will lead us up to that Christmas conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, then, yeah, you're talking about like the, I'm, I'm flipping my pages. I think for me it's like page 12. Yeah, same. Geography. Well, yeah, it just my, reminded me of it the, when you said he's he's thinking thinking you can by thinking you can figure things out. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, though. Much like him, I could never remember the names of places in America. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many stupid names of stupid places. I really envy people who. Well, anyway, yeah, I'm the same. Geography was incredibly boring to me. <laughs> Let's read the let's State read the let's read what shit. he let's read what he wrote in the flyleaf. Right. Stephen Daedalus, class of elements, say ever, where uh starting at the, the middle of the tree and circling out. Um class of elements, which is like elementary school. Uh Klingois, Wood College, Salins, County Kildare, Ireland, Europe. The world, the universe. What's outside the universe? What was after the universe? Nothing. <laughs> it couldn't be a wall, right? <laughs> Although that that's kind of like a Milton reference, I think, uh, or at least recalls Milton, because uh, in Paradise Lost, it's kind of like a like there is kind of like a globe ball around everything. Mm-hmm. I vaguely um, recall that. But yeah. According, but according to Daedalus, it would only just be like a, a small. That's an interesting order. distinction because in Milton, what I remember is everything's very defined. Everything's very explicitly defined. You know, what an angel is, you know, what heaven looks like. And this this is this is obviously the is not like that. Um very impressionary yeah. and wondering and I like when he talks about God's name. God God Even was God's Daedalus name. Is my name. Oh, yeah. Just as his name was Stephen. Mon Dieu knows you're talking. Oh, it's a, it's a French person. Yeah. Dieu is, was the French for God, and that was God's name, too. And when anyone prayed to God and said Dieu, then God knew at, at once that it was a French person that was praying. <laughs> yeah. This is very, like, um, uh, yeah, this is very Christian, because, yeah, as against, like, the Jewish notion of... <laughs> names of God being hidden. Uh, God understood, but all the people who prayed said in their different languages, still God mm. remained always the same God, and God's real name was God, uh, which is... I remember that from the Old Testament. It's, <laughs> it's interesting how how Christian... Well, yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's I mean, yeah, a, that's he was raised in Christianity. Uh, yeah. Longo was Wood College as, you know, 
it's not hidden that that's a, a Jesuit school. It's just God is his name. It's very clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like when he says that it pained, this is the next couple pages, it pained him that he did not know well what politics meant, and that he did not know where the yeah. universe ended. He felt small and weak, which is a great, I think, yeah. description of how he feels almost the whole chapter until the end. And, and when you're a kid beginning to understand proportions and beginning to, like, yeah scratch the surface of things and it goes back to how you there is politics how you remembered your childhood which are being three which yeah. is the adults are gods basically in your life and you trust them or older siblings and everyone like all the kids are or many of the kids are i mean there wasn't a lot younger to be yeah so like kids in, in my neighborhood who were like four years old and i'm like damn right like could just like read and keep reading <laughs> and read like all the words and stuff but i mean you trust you, know you trust mean? you trust what they tell you which gets back to a lot of his and you feel you feel in you feel incapable of of sort of um you know challenging what they do and say which goes back to a lot of his experience yeah. like when he gets hit on the hands by that dickhead um yeah. father dolan yeah um, you want to talk about that episode because, well, that's kind of a pivotal um, thing. We need to talk well, about the yeah, uh, that, that, that's, that's the, the last, right. that's that last third third cluster. Right. Um, let's you, get up to the to the Christmas story. Yes, yes. Let's talk about the conversation. Um, I don't think there's anything else I have, or if there's anything I have like underlined. Uh, maybe we should um, mention he gets sick. I, I did. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 definitely one of the. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, one of <laughs> one of the longer uh, sequences, um, which is uh, at least like directly preceded by him being super sick for a while in Trieste. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like this this like ongoing fever, and um, mm. yeah, I forget exactly what the like old. I'm sure it's like some old fashioned term, <laughs> 1908 illnesses consumption. Um, yeah, something like that. <laughs> we have no idea what that actually means. Aren't we all dying of consumption? Yeah. Um, true. <laughs> so, so yeah, Stephen has this, like, mystery illness, which he doesn't understand at first is even an illness. He just thinks he... I mean, it, it kind of coincides with just, like, him being sad. Um, and, yeah, it's obviously, like, coloring uh, in... Well, it specifically coincides with what we mentioned, which he got thrown into a swampy puddle. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, Exactly. Uh, Although he doesn't, he doesn't, um, doesn't rat. Doesn't, what are the words? Um, what was that? Not to rat. Fink? No, it wasn't Fink. I'm thinking of all the the American or not American. Peach. uh, He never to peach on a Nostra. He doesn't peach. Yeah, there you go. He doesn't teach um, on wells. Um, so yeah, he gets sick and has to go to the go to infirmary. Um, I guess he's kind of thinking about. Is it? Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. But he's in the infirmary, and then the next thing we know, there's a conversation at the Christmas dinner. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, he has a lot of. Uh, I mean that that night before he had like dreams of this Christmas dinner. He has this countdown, seventy seven to seventy six days left until the Christmas dinner. Uh, when he gets to gets to finally go home again. 
Um, and then, yeah, what page is it for you, just so that It's I page kinda... 26 for me. Oh. When he, um, is home. Yeah, when they're at Christmas. You got Uncle Charles, you got Dante, the aunts, you got Mr. Casey. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, his father and mother. Yeah, I think our pages are pretty pretty similar. That's good. Which is convenient, but uh, if they get off, that'll be less convenient. Yeah, so I don't know how much we need to go into the Parnell stuff again. Although right. I will, just just in our, our, our talking about Joyce and Daedalus feeling like, um, you know, exiles, feeling, feeling isolated, Parnell obviously has, has a call to, has an appeal to Joyce as, a, as an Irish nationalist, um, but also as like someone who was dispatched upon and who was cast out of polite society, um, who, who, who was, yeah, very much like hounded to his death. Um, so yeah, those, those kind of heroes, those kind of victim heroes always would have an appeal to George who liked, very much liked to see himself as the little victim hero of his life. Your Jesuses, your Parnells. Like that. Um, um, well, this yeah, notable. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, people. I'm sure talked plenty about Parnell. It was like a big deal. Um, but notable that he keeps coming up again and again already, in in all of Joyce's work. Um, because yeah, that's just uh, Joyce had this had this special uh, affection for him beyond just his politics. Um, we already kind of mentioned the the notable aspect to me of the conversation at the table is the um, dialogue with the dashes. Yeah, and it's a lot yeah. of you know fun language. The dad is is particularly yeah. the dad and well everybody has interesting words they use. You know, and you can just imagine being a yeah. little kid witnessing it all and watching back and forth and seeing the mother Not trying to shut it down. Which- yeah. Yeah. Confused about like trying he, to figure he talks out talks about like being happy about the language. Mm. Which is a very um young Joycean thing. Right. Just like And he Casey also says some stirring thing and it's like yeah, he's Well that's a good point because there's a couple of things like language. that. There's t- there's one time when he calls the uh learning the um spelling the words and the, mm-hmm. the sentences when he does that at poetry. Yeah. And then he really likes right. listening to stories, like when Mister uh, Casey tells right. his story. Yeah, you can you can Joyce see the formings of a writer. Of, right, Joyce had this idea almost of like a baby in the womb having like set characteristics that would just bloom. He was very uh, ner- nature versus nurture, um, and so yeah, here already as you know, a seven year old or whatever. He already has. It, it, it's not inappropriate to to start like pulling out those little references, those little moments of like writerly appreciation of words. It's not, uh, or I mean, yeah, that that is Joyce's conception of the person, um, or at least of Stephen Daedalus is yeah, like a little writer. Um, he's not a writer the first time he starts writing. He's a writer mm. in this instant. Um, he's he's always. Even Daedalus, he's always, you know, James Joyce, he's always right. the novelist 
of the portrait of the artist, of a portrait of the artist as a young man. Do you think he resents any of this stuff, or does he appreciate it and celebrate it as what made him who he became? What do you mean, any of this stuff? Uh, well, in particular, I guess the confusion about the politics, maybe, and the morality in <laughs> the church and stuff. I mean, I, I'm, that's a big question, but... I mean, it made him who I, he was. You know, it it, it kind of made him a warrior against institutions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he definitely had uh, resentment against England. Uh, he definitely had resentment against the church. Um, he definitely... I mean, and yeah, this is following in his father's book, because his father was anti-clerical. He would become completely anti-religious. Um so okay. yeah, I, 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 there was a degree in which uh, Joyce is always kind of like justifying himself, but he does also have like a, a distance understanding of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of like self. We'll get to the point where we find a little bit of like self-parody and like um, you'll even parody a little bit of portrait in Ulysses, actually. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, th- I think he had 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 a had a extensive sense of humor about himself, um, and so yeah, well, I, th- there was a, a. I mean, he 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 never like came to reappreciate the church or reconsider. So, do you think Dante is she supposed um, to be humorous? Is you know is Dante supposed uh, to be funny? She's probably uh, a little bit of funny, a little bit of like a. Kind of a typical old Irish Catholic lady mm-hmm. um, who simultaneously has a little bit of a nationalist streak. Um, I mean, she has brushes for, for the nationalist leaders. Um, but yeah, is also complicated by her, her clerical moralism. Well, definitely the conversation is funny because it goes back and forth yeah. between the two men trying to suppress their, you know, passion about how yeah. hypocritical, you know, people like Dante are. And, and it's sort of exploding. Yeah. Like when, when uh, Mr. Deadless says, sons yeah. of bitches, <laughs> about, I guess, the priests and so forth that denied right. Parnell right before he died. <laughs> that didn't out. go over well. Uh no, it did not. <laughs> but yeah, they keep trying to put a tamper on it, and that's just going to like make it get... Ah, oh, this fucking priest written race. Uh, <laughs> or I guess it doesn't use that, exactly that exact word, but um, yeah, there's like uh, old Irishy kind of... No God for Ireland. We have too much God in Ireland anyway. Away with God. <laughs> uh, that's just open blasphemy at that point. <laughs> And then, uh, well, there's a section um, where he talks about how, I guess, my, my page 34, he says, Dante must be right then, because he, he doesn't understand how the priest could be wrong. And later on, right. there's, yeah, they're talk- talking about priests can't sin, or he's getting to realize, maybe priests can sin. <laughs> yeah. They can do things that are unfair and cruel, and that um, yeah, have punishments. Well, this is this is where I meant. The Roman Senate would disagree with. Sort of like this is where I meant where I can see um, how he could feel a betrayal against against the church and the people Mm -hmm. that that set him up to feel betrayed by the by the realities of the world versus his awe um, 
for religion and for the priests. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he'll always have, like, it, it's unavoidable having come from such a Jesuit background to always have a, a an appreciation that, that like, Augustine, I, th- I think we talked about this, like, Aquinas is kind of like, is, 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 is window into the world in a lot of ways. Dante, or, you know, Dante and Aquinas kind of go hand in hand. Um, not Dante, Dante the poet, <laughs> not Dante the pronunciation of <laughs> his aunt. Yeah. Um, Dante the poet and, and, and Aquinas are like his, his mirror, his window into the world. And those are, you know, uh, that, 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 that just like is foundational from his, from his, his, his Jesuit upbringing. Um, so yeah, I think there's an understanding, uh, that yeah, he would literally, like, if you took away, you somehow excise, Catholicism, every Catho thought from from, from his existence uh, that yeah he would yeah not have a lot to to work with. Mm. Um, so yeah yeah in, in, in a way yeah he always he always had something of an appreciation for the churchmen for the deepness the of their of the thought and stuff that you know yeah the two thousand year tradition blah 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 all that bullshit. Um. That that brings me. I don't know if you want to go here, but that brings me to when they're the, he's on the playground back at school, and they're discussing, yeah. I guess, the situation that happened between some of the boys the that smuggling. ran away. Smuggling, uh, my bad. Yeah, but 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 I want to read a line about what he's thinking when he's listening to this conversation mm-hmm. about the boys that got in trouble. He says a faint a faint sickness of awe made him feel weak. Mm-hmm. How could they have done that? You know, and so. Yeah. You know him being that There's innocent. A terror of sin. Yeah. Well, and yeah, just being so innocent and trusting what people are telling him. Uh, yeah. Which I think most people can relate to. Um, yeah, and he. I mean, this. Yeah, he has like this perfect uh, awe in the face of every kind. I mean, yeah, just like awe, but like that kind of uh, irrepressible like imagination of sin, where he keeps like. Uh, Oh, that's a, it's horrible. It would be horrible to go into the sacristy after hours right. and how you would do it is you would wait and it would just like, it would be dark and you would walk in and you right. would, um, that's a good point yeah, because that. he's never experienced sin basically, you know, he's never had the opportunity right. or, or the inclination. Um, never done much of it. Like so a, all you can do is wonder about what it's sin. like, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind that all of sin because that will like be turned, that will uh, inflect at different points in the novel, um, and then yeah, in, in James, in, in Ulysses, uh, uh, remember the sweets of sin will will, will come up uh, as like a, uh, almost like um, well, I mean yeah, that that's like an erotic novel. Leopold Bloom uh, uh, has that uh, yeah is, is is kind of like a like a jokey uh, post. Christian um, title, little joke there. Um, can we go to when he gets in trouble for not having glasses on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that that cruel, unfair treatment. It's at uh, the hands of. It's page Dolan. fifty for me. Right, he <clears throat> can't be. He can't be committing a sin because he is. After all, a priest, so he knows what sins are, and he would avoid them. But 
Right. That's what I mean. Cool. You 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 yeah. feel betrayed by the adults in your life mm-hmm. who you trust, who are who are gonna be, you know, never not always be correct. Sometimes they're gonna do things that are wrong. Uh, one of them being, yeah. I guess, they're out for blood for these little boys. It's so sad. I mean, yeah. you know what this reminds me of too is um, reading George Orwell's essay on going away to school. Do you, you remember reading that? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, th- it must have been an era of just like people who could just relate to each other about going away to school. I don't know. I mean, it's like I can't relate at all because it's my these school little kids. Yeah, I never went away. I just went down the street oh well yeah that too you know um Mm -hmm. it seems to have its own sort of ecosystem and lifeblood like i don't know i don't know if that's true but i just it feels very common to english and irish i guess in this case people um so he went away to school in this dark castle i just imagine like a castle like Uh huge building and all these priests walking around and slapping people's wrists and um you know, they're out for blood for, for finding bad little boys, and uh, yeah, Stephen's not doing his work. Loafers. But he has a good po- yeah. he good reason, which is he doesn't have his glasses, and he's sent home for more glasses, and uh, that's not good enough. And his teacher had said not to do it. He said that don't... Yeah. The doctor said that don't read when you don't have your glasses. All these... All as, these... A, as a fellow... Poor eyesight haver, I can understand. All these speed bumps, and yet that he's rushing towards disaster. And he's, like, made to hold out his hands, and then the guy has a stick, I guess. And he slaps the hands as hard as he can, which is just terrible. And he holds it above his shoulder, which he's not allowed to do. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Horrible. Do you want to read? We can read those. Uh... Even an old schoolboy trick out with your hand this moment. It's about to suck. Stephen closed his eyes and held out in the air his trembling hand with the palm upwards. He felt the prefect of studies touch it for a moment, the fingers to straighten it, and then the swish of the sleeve of the soutane. God, every, it's like time dilates. Um, the swish of the sleeve of the soutane as the pandy bat was lifted to strike. A hot burning sting, tingling blow. Let me reread that. A hot burning, stinging, tingling blow like the loud crack of a broken stick made his trembling hand crumple together like a leaf in the fire. And at the sound and the pain, scalding tears were driven into his eyes. His whole body was shaking with fright. His arm was shaking and his crumpled, uh, burning, livid hand shook like a loose leaf in the air. A cry sprang to his lips, a prayer to be let off. But though the tears scalded his eyes and his limbs quivered with pain and fright, he held back the hot tears and the cry that scalded his throat. Um, That was so sad to read. Yeah. I don't want to read the second one. Wanting to hurt hurt little kids. Like, I don't get that at all. I mean, I definitely understand... Punishing kids. I don't agree. You have with to him, like uh, at some point. Yeah, you have to like other eyes and you know these little demons. Right. Um, um, and as you can yeah, see, you hear, like old from our explanation, kind of he had no right to hit him. So Stephen's sitting there, yeah. understanding about sin, understanding not to do wrong, and he doesn't do wrong, and he gets hit. You know. Yeah. So. And it starts to seem like Father Dolan might be sinning. Yeah, and he's, you know, he knows, 
Well, one good thing that came out of it was because a lot of this, like we said, he feels isolated. But in this case, his mm-hmm. friends or the other boys sort of crowd around him and take his yeah. side. Um, yeah. And they call it a stinking mean thing. And, uh, and they, they they get what's going on. Um, convince him to go to the rector, to the, to the principal, basically, of the school. Right. They, 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 yeah, goad him, I guess. I don't know. Um, they encourage him, I guess, to go, go tell the rector. One thing and that stood out, does. a nice guy, the rector, but one thing that stood out to me was yeah. he had a skull on his desk. Now, would you ever consider yeah. that, or is Mentor that weird? Mori. Am I crazy? Is that like a I, thing? Uh, would totally do that. Um, <laughs> Okay, I, I don't Obviously, know. Obviously, that's the thing from Brideshead Revisited that that uh, Charles Ryder does too. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, that's in Arcadia Ego. He paints on his skull that he got from the like medical school. Particularly noisome object, as his cousin Jasper calls it. Yeah, I would totally. I, I have actually like looked up how much it would cost to buy like a real human skull what for does medical it cost? school. Do you remember? These medical schools, oh, it's too much. It was like, I oh. could get like a fake skull that already has painted on it, whatever. But like a real human skull, I think I think medical schools um, kind of oh. jacked up the prices. Mm. Um, I don't know anybody who like robbed graves or anything. I do know people in medical school, but I don't think that any of them would sneak me out. <laughs> Steal a skull. Any heads. <laughs> Steal a skull from me. Um, well, you know, yeah. I would have this to see it first. That's like any other. If I could. That's like any other piece of art in my house. I would have to see it before I got it. <laughs> you can't yeah, just you give me wanna, a skull. You don't want to get a bad skull. That's actually, we can totally cut this moment from the, but the, the word Caucasian comes from a scientist who fell in love with the skull, the skull of this dug up from this woman in the Caucasian mountains. And he thought that that was then, he, he honored her by giving the name of white people Caucasians as a memory of this, like, Latvian woman or whatever who uh, died in the Caucasus Mountains. Do you mean it was, like, a beautiful skull? goes back to a... a, Yeah, this guy was in love with this fucking skull. And (laughs) that's where the word Caucasians comes from. So anytime anybody has, like, white pride or anything, it's like, dude, you're fucking named for a sexy skull. (laughs) Like, let's (laughs) let's drop some pretense here. You should be a a commentator. That would be a good that would be a good point to bring up. Um, um anyways, so anyway. yeah. Uh I would definitely have a memento mori there. Um that's the memento mori to remind him of his, you know, all of our inevitable mm. upcoming death. You know, this um, will ring that's a good point because this will ring uh interesting well, what's the word I'm looking for? This will ring I don't know what I'm saying, but I have a picture of Christopher Hitchens on my wall when he was dying of cancer. And people always ask me why I have it. And I say, you know, honestly, I cut that out because he died right after he wrote that Vanity Fair essay. And it just reminds me that I'm going to die, which I think is important to to keep in mind, you know. So, yeah, in in a way, you have your own little skull, skull, your own little memento mori. True. But anyway, the rector is nice, and he listens to his concern, Mm -hmm. and he's like, you know, that's a good point, man. Uh, Father Dolan probably was confused, and I'll talk to him. 
But, you know, it's yeah. really brave of Stephen to go up the stairs to, to the rector. Right. You know, so that's the ending of the chapter. And I think, obviously, based on especially what you said. That's a little accomplishment that he, yeah. he's built to, I guess, over the first 50 pages. Yeah, it's an accomplishment. It's a it's an uh, ending point for the chapter where um you can tell this guy's going to this guy's going to grow as a person, you know? Cuz yeah. he was afraid to do it and, and he, he did it anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah, until the second he went, he was afraid to do it and he just didn't have time to it's like such a quick walk that he didn't have time to give up on its intention. Right. Um yeah. Ends with Cricket in the background, and again we return to those pick, pack, talk, puck, mm. like drops of water in a fountain falling softly in the brimming bowl. Um, yeah, it's so irritating that One some people can write that well. Liquid. Sorry, what? I said it's irritating that people can write that well. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But yeah, no, that that's an echo from earlier. So it was just a perfect ending where I was like, oh my god, echo what from a great earlier, book. A kind of uh, accumulation of these like liquid images. Mm. Yeah, as a, a nice little 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 dab at the end. You know, and also memory. When you think back, when I think back, this kind of forced me. I don't know why, and it's probably just because he's a kid, think understanding things as he first experiences them. But I definitely thought back to sounds and smells. Um, he talks about the the way the yeah. peasants smell, the way the church smell. It reminded me of my childhood going to you know to baseball fields, going like to church, this, this going to school, of sensations, going to camp. Yeah, I remembered smells and and sounds like the trains and the balls hitting the bats mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah. It's an it's a very it kind of it kind of makes you at least it, with my reading of it, it made me face my childhood and I you know I hate doing that. Um, yeah. Uh, I hate remembering my childhood, you know, because it's like it's like, damn, I gotta face the fact where I came I from and who I am. Well, no, I mean, yeah. just kind of like what Stephen's doing here, you know, he's facing who he is and where he came from. It's uh, yeah. and for Joyce is obviously yeah, Joyce. I mean, as yeah. We, as, yeah, as we're working through. I don't know. It has it has a huge impact on whoever's doing that. I think you know, Joyce included, yeah. obviously, but um. He was able to definitely decide for himself, I think, where to go, don't you? Mm. From that? Yeah, I mean, this, this this first little little adventure in doing that, even, mm -hmm. you know, uh, with the encouragement of others. Well, uh, that was 55 minutes cool. of, I think, a perfect podcast. Yeah. yeah. That timing worked out surprisingly well.